0: Welcome to our DSM Hollywood podcast series. The following is an excerpt from Dr. Daniel Schurstad's weekly online Bible study for those in the entertainment industry, along with those who have a passion to see the kingdom of God revealed in Hollywood. For more information about DSM Hollywood, including upcoming events and how to join in on our Bible studies, please visit www.dsmhollywood.com. We're so glad you have tuned in and we're grateful for the privilege to help you grow in your holy calling in Christ Jesus. Before you listen, I encourage you to grab your Bible and set your heart in expectancy to receive from the Lord, knowing that his heart is free to grow in knowing him and to grow in walking with him. I've been talking for quite some time now about this thought here, how, I just simply entitled it, How Faith Works. And uh, two weeks ago, I talked about understanding the power of being in the right place at the right time. And how, yeah, if you, if you didn't, I want to just say, if you did not, were not here that week, uh, or you didn't hear that message, I want to encourage you to go listen to the podcast, go on the website and listen to it kind of thing. And, um, uh, because first and foremost, we know that our faith is tied to God. It's tied to the Word. But then what most people don't understand is that your faith is tied to a place. See, the faith works where the will of God is known. So if you don't know that you're in the right place, your faith will not be able to work at the level it's supposed to. So if you're always wondering, if you're always fluctuating, if you're always going back, if you're always wavering, I don't know, am I in the right place? And like every other month you're wondering if you belong here, or should I go back to where I came from all that kind of stuff? I'm telling you right now, your faith will never produce the fruit and the results that Jesus intended it to because you've got to come to the place where you understand that you're in the right place at the right time. And uh, so I want to continue to, to come. I'm just going to add to that here tonight. I'm going to uh <clears throat> talking about how uh you know, I when we came here five years ago, we understood. I understood. We understood that we were in the right place. But for a long period of time, it didn't look like that. It didn't sound like that. It certainly didn't feel that way. And, uh, and so how many understand we don't walk by feelings? We walk by faith. And uh, not by sight, not by how things look or feel. We don't walk by our five natural senses. We walk by the sixth spiritual sense that God has graced us with through the Holy Spirit, and that is the sixth sense I call faith that sees the unseen and causes the impossible to become possible, that causes mountains. Mountains are things that try to convince you that they are permanent in your life. And uh, they are things that have been around for a long time. And a lot of people have come to a place where they think that that is a permanent fixture it's never going to change, but it can change and it will change when you m- begin to really move by faith. Now, not only by faith, but I want to talk about this word, patience, because you've got to be in the right place, but once you get to the right place, you've got to learn how to tap into the power of patience. And I'm going to, and the reason I want to talk about that is because the Greek word for patience is... It has literally six different definitions, and it literally, throughout the New Testament, you'll see that the English translation will use six different English words to communicate the one Greek word, patience, and a lot of times it's not saying patience so people don't even know that that's the same exact word in the Greek language, and so they miss what God is saying there. So, I want to just read one verse here, I'm going to start out, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Bible, then I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation, but it says this, in Hebrews 6, 12, in order that you may not grow disinterested, or become spiritual sluggards, okay, (coughs) excuse me, or lose hope, one translation says, lose hope, let me just make a few comments about that thought right there that I've made in, in, in past time, but I just want to just kind of remind ourselves and encourage us with this, that any area of your life that's not anchored in biblical hope is under the manipulating power of a lie. Mm. Hope is not mm, just a construct. It is a person. His name is Jesus. Fear embraced will blind you to God-given internal resources that will give birth to a child named hopelessness. Let me say that again. Fear embraced. The enemy comes with fear, anxiety, worry to get us to... See, faith is the substance, just like this table is made out of a particular substance. Faith is a spiritual substance that creates spiritual promises so when you say god i want you to fulfill this promise in my life or i need this miracle to take place god says well listen if you would actually send me up some substance i'll take that substance and form that which you need and send it back to you but until i get the substance from you nothing is happening in your life so the enemy likes you to never come to that place where you can lift up that substance And the way that he does that is by robbing you of your hope. Hope is for the future. Faith is for the present tense. Hope is for the future tense. Faith only works in the present tense. Faith is the power that changes your present tense circumstances. Once you lose hope for the future, you've lost all power to change your present day circumstances. Once you lose hope for the future, you've lost all power to change anything right now. No, don't, even, don't even think that you're going to change anything until you've reestablished this biblical thing, this biblical anchor called hope. Come on now. I always like to say it like this. The person in the, in that's in the room that has the most hope will have the most influence in the room. The person who, that has the most hope coming out of their mouth well, always, I don't care if they're saved, unsaved, I don't care if it's the world, I don't care what kind of uh, um, venue you, f- you find yourself in, whoever, and it's sad when you're in a venue, and it's an unbeliever, come on now, a, somebody who's part of the kingdom of darkness is speaking, come on, more words of hope than the sons and daughters of God in the room, come on. That's a bad testimony. If you're in that situation, just keep your mouth shut. Because you're not representing very good until you come to that place where you can represent Jesus in a biblical way and you can speak words of hope because the person who's speaking words of hope will always have the most influence over the rest of the people in the room because people are dying for hope and what whoever speaks words of hope they will be drawn to that because they're looking for somebody and that's why the book of Hebrews goes on to say at the end of the chapter 6 here that, that hope is like an anchor in our soul. So it's so important that we, we have that established, okay? So here it says here in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, In order that you may not grow disinterested or lose hope, <clears throat> but become an imitator, behaving as those who through faith and and leaning completely in God, <coughs> excuse me, on God in Christ, with absolute trust and confidence in his power, with absolute trust and confidence in his wisdom, with absolute trust and confidence in his goodness, and by the practice of patient endurance and waiting are now inheriting the promises of God. So he says right here, thee you need to imitate those who have gone on before you who inherited who saw the manifestation of the promises of God made to them through God, through the word of God, through the covenant of God, by faith in God, by trusting and His goodness and His wisdom and His power. I know. I know it's become kind of a cliche, and almost and we sing this song so much now that you know, you know, about God being good and all the time, and all the time God is good, kind of thing. But the reality is, if you don't believe that God is good and only good, and the devil is bad and only bad, there's a revelation for you. I can't break it down and make it any more simpler for you. Anything bad in your life ain't from God. Anything good in your life is from God. And, uh, and so, I, I, you know, I, I don't know how many times Christians are always throwing God under the bus for everything that's happening, kind of thing. I was like, man, if, if God is doing all these things, what is the devil doing then? We don't even need the devil if God is making all this evil stuff happen in your life. Kind of, and, and if he is, you got no hope. So how can you believe, if, how can you expect the guy Come on now, the God who created and is causing you to go through all of that stuff to be the one who's going to rescue you. I don't think so. You'll never have confidence. You'll always be wondering, "Uh, how could that even be possible? God caused this to happen in my life. Why in the world would he want to deliver you? That's why I tell people, listen now, God wants you to be well spiritually come on soulishly, physically financially relationally maritally, in your family every which way he wants you to experience wellness and wholeness and fulfillment and joy and all of those kind of things and so if it's not his will then if god doesn't want you to be well if god doesn't want you to be healed then stop going to the doctors stop taking your medicine what are you trying to do get out of the will of god come on now if it's the will of god for you to be sick then you need to actually mm, do things to make yourself more sick. Come on now. So that you can really give glory to God. Come on, house. Oh my God, it it is like stupidity gone to seed and produced a double harvest kind of thing. It's just absolutely nuts the way people logically think. But they've heard preachers talk this way and it sounds religious and it sounds spiritual and so they embrace it and it really has nothing to do with what the Bible teaches in the New Testament, okay? So in, I'm talking about faith. Now listen now, here it says, By faith, trust, <coughs> excuse me, and patient endurance, and waiting. See, I, I, wanna, I wanted to point that out because that's how it reads in the original language right there, uh, in the Greek language. Because when people hear the word patience, all that comes to their mind is, I have to wait a long time. Now, if that's all the word patience really means, then the Bible wouldn't say, by patience and waiting. So apparently, they're two different things. They're not the same thing. And I want to suggest to you that, that, that just as faith is a powerful spiritual force patience is a powerful spiritual force it's not a passive thing it's an aggressive thing let me read it out of this out of the passion translation It says this so don't allow your hearts to grow dull or lose enthusiasm but follow the example of those who fully received what God has promised because of their strong faith and their patient endurance and here's the fascinating thing, that in the footnote says that in the Aramaic, that word patience means by because of their faith and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. If Tim, there's a ring in the room. You hear that? Okay. Uh, and uh, and so, so, by faith and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Aramaic. That's the that's the, the the um the language that Jesus spoke in, the apostles spoke in. Okay, in that day. So by faith, here's what the the Scripture is trying to say, and you're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to endure, to really walk with patience. Just not the Word, you're going to need the power and the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit coupled with the Word of God. Are Are you following me so far? Okay, so... Hebrews 6.12, by faith and patience and waiting. So let me just kind of run these things through you and just talk about it for a little bit right here. (coughs) Number one, I think I might give you four, we'll see how much time we have today. Number one, patience, definition number one out of the Greek language is the power to be constant and sound the power to be constant and sound i want you to think number 1 it's power patience is a source of power it's not a, it's not a, 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 it's not a passive thing about sitting around and waiting for something to hit you it is that is not what the word it is the, it's a power, source of power that enables you to be constant to be consistent to be sound. Uh, Paul said to Timothy, God has not given you the, come on, a spirit of fear or timidity, but he's given you the power to be sound, to be consistent, to be studied. So it is faith and the power to be sound, to be constant. Let me illustrate. You remember when Jesus came walking on the water to his disciples, right? The storm is raging, right? And so he's, he's out on the shore <clears throat> there. It's like 3 o'clock in the morning. They've been rowing for hours trying to get to the other side of the lake of, across the Sea of Galilee. And they've only been, man, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. They've only made about halfway. It's about six, six and a half miles to the other side. So it's taken them hours just to go about three miles, okay? So they're about halfway across. The Bible records that Jesus perceives you can't see in the pitch dark three miles out to sea come on now so he perceived not naturally but supernaturally and that his disciples were in trouble so he came down this was after mm, the feeding and all of that kind of stuff that all the boats were gone and he came to the edge of the of the lake and then he accessed the supernatural I want to point that out That Jesus did not translate himself from the top of the mountain where he was praying to the boat. Jesus walked in the natural as far as he could. And then he accessed the supernatural. I want to just say that because a lot of times we sit around thinking that we are not responsible to do everything and anything we can do in the natural with the wisdom of God being led by the Holy Spirit. Now, even Jesus did everything he could from a natural standpoint, and when the natural was gone, then he, his faith activated the power of the Holy Spirit, and he was able to cause that water to become cement. Come on now. And he walked out. <coughs> now, the water the Bible records as he got there, they were uh, the, the guys that are in the boat Started screaming like little girls Saying oh my god, it's a ghost come on now come on now They literally thought it was a, a ghost walking on the water and Jesus told them to To please stop screaming uh, You are getting on my nerves. Okay, come on now and it is just me come on now and so then Peter says if it's really you tell me to come walk out on the water well, I mean that's like There's only one answer to that question right right so I mean he's like he's like got I mean How else can Jesus answer that question? Well, yeah, it's me, so I guess I'm gonna have to tell him to walk on the water Uh, And so he says come Gives him one word he starts walking on the water gets out of the boat starts walking on one word from Jesus All it takes is one word, and you can access the supernatural. All it takes is one word, come on now, for for breakthrough to take place in your life. You are one word, come on now, one relationship. Never underestimate the power, come on now, of social currency. You're only one relationship from a breakthrough. Uh, One word, all God has to do is just speak to, to one person's heart And supernatural favor and blessing and doors are opening to you that will not open to anybody else. One word. As long as you're willing to get out of your comfort zone and what you're used to and get out of that and start walking on that one word. Come on now. And as he did that, now he's walking on the water towards Jesus. But the Bible records that the storm was raging, the winds were were strong, the waves were high, and he took his eyes off of Jesus and looked at the circumstances. And when he did that, he began to sink and he cries out for Jesus to help him. Jesus reaches out and saves him. They walk back to the boat. The Bible records that they were supernaturally, instantaneously transported to the other side of the lake in seconds. And uh, Jesus says to Peter, why did you doubt? And why is your faith so little? It takes faith to get out of a boat, doesn't it? it takes faith to walk on water. But that, that word here, here, now listen carefully. <clears throat> why is it that you have such little faith, Peter. He wasn't saying that that Peter didn't have any faith, <clears throat> but the word "little" there is really communicating, Peter. How come there's no consistency to your faith? Patience is the power to be constant. If you can't be constant, you're going, to, you're going to end up aborting the miracle, experiencing half of that which God really wants you to experience. It was not the will of God for Peter to sink. It was not the will of God. It was the will of God for him to go out all the way to Jesus, come talk with Jesus, walk all the way back to the boat without Jesus' help. As long as you keep your eye on the Word, on Jesus himself, But when your faith is not constant, so it has nothing to do with waiting. It has everything to do with consistency, your faith having soundness to it, having consistency to it, so that when that storm comes, when the trials come, when the resistance comes, you're not wavering you're not doubting you're not wondering you're not looking at the circumstances your eyes are fixed on the word the promise jesus the living word of god somebody say amen, amen. number 2 <clears throat> patience is a quality of calmness stability and persistent courage to go on in the trying circumstances let me read that again to you a quality of calmness, stability, and persistent courage to go on in the midst of trying circumstances. I like to say it like this. This definition number two, patience is having the ability to maintain composure. Uh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Because uh, when, when you start walking by faith, everything in hell is coming online towards you, and he's going to strike you with all kinds of fear, all kinds of circumstances. And if you cannot maintain your composure, if you're freaking out, if you're afraid, if your <clears throat> fear is gripping your heart, if you're embracing that instead of faith, I'm telling you right now, your faith will be aborted, it will be short-circuited, and you will not experience the promise of God at that time. Again, let's illustrate illustrate this definition. The other time that a storm hits Jesus and his disciples is when, (coughs) again, they get done doing all kinds of miracles, signs and wonders and Uh, including the the, the feeding of the 5,000 and all that kind of stuff. And they get into the boat. And they says they take Jesus with them. And so it's not only the boat that Jesus is in, but there's all kinds of boats with them. And they're going to cross over to the other side, to the Gadarenes, where there is a man who has literally thousands of demons in him. He is the, the picture of a principality over that region. And Jesus is about to take that principality out. That whole region has been terrified for decades because of this one man that literally lived in the cemetery who broke off chains, who talked with the dead people and had conversations with them, the Bible records. And and, uh, and so Jesus is on his way to take care of that principality. And as soon as Jesus gets into the boat, He falls asleep. He's exhausted from a natural standpoint. And out of nowhere, the Bible says, that a storm came with hurricane proportions. So we're talking about a storm that has about 120-mile-an-hour winds to it kind of thing. And uh, when we were in Israel back in 2012, when we were on the Sea of Galilee, I asked somebody about that, and they said that there is... uh, if the right circumstances can be uh, arranged and orchestrated, uh, it said that the, because of the mountains and everything, it can literally sweep down off the mountains and onto the Sea of Galilee, and it causes storms of that kind of proportion. And, and they said that if, when that happens, if you can't get off the Lake of Sea of Galilee within 15 minutes, you're dead. You're physically dead. You will not survive. That's how powerful the storms. And so the, the demons literally orchestrated this out of nowhere to try to keep him from getting to the other side to deal with this principality. So Jesus is asleep in the boat. This storm comes out of nowhere. The disciples are freaking out, afraid. They go to wake up Jesus and they say, "Don't you care about us? Are you going to let us die? You're just sleeping. You're doing nothing. We're dying. We're going under. These are, these are experienced, lifetime fishermen. They lived on that lake. And they, if so if they said and felt like they were going to die, they're going to die. And they felt like Jesus did not care. Jesus wakes up. He gets up. He looks at them. Then he looks at the storm, looks at the water, looks at the waves. He tells the wind to shut up. And the waves to calm down. And he rebuked them, and the same word for rebuke is the same word that he uses when he rebukes demons. So he's speaking to the wind and the water as if they're living entities that can hear and respond to his word. And the reason he does that is because they are. And as soon as he speaks the words, they calm down. And he says to his disciples, How is it, again, where was your faith? And how come your faith is so little? The implication is how come you didn't stand up? Why did you have to wake me up? Why did you have to bother me? Why didn't, have you learned anything yet? Why did you stand up and use the authority that I've already given to you and speak to the storm in your life And see it respond to the authority that I've already given to you. You walk, you walk and breathe and act and work with the same authority. I got no authority that you don't have. The same power and authority that I have, I've already delegated it to you. Why aren't you doing anything with it? So Jesus stopped the storm with faith and with the power of patience. He stood up. How long did he wait? Oh, I would say about five seconds. So it isn't faith and waiting a whole long time that gets you the promise. It's faith and maintaining composure in the midst of trying circumstances. Why? Because once you lose your composure, you lose your faith. You can't speak words of faith when you're going crazy. Come on now. You're speaking words of fear, doubt, unbelief, anxiety, but there is no confident faith in those words. There's no real authority in those words. You're just speaking, come on, words that you hope something might happen, but there is no composure. So it's faith and maintaining composure that gets things to happen in your life. Not faith and waiting a whole long time. And I'm not saying that there aren't moments in our life where we have to wait because there are, I've experienced it myself. But I'm telling you right now I'm just trying to illustrate to you and communicate here tonight that many times throughout scriptures waiting had nothing to do with it. It was all about being consistent. And can I just suggest this to you that maybe we end up waiting a long time is because it's taking that long for us to be consistent or to gather composure or, come on now, it's taking us six months to maintain composure or, are you following me? And so it isn't God holding the promise back, it's you, come on now, not knowing how to freak out in the midst of the storm. Stand up. Maintain composure, and when you do that, now you can speak words of faith because there's no fear in your heart whatsoever. Nothing but confidence is coming out of your mouth. The, these circumstances they will bow, they will change, and this breakthrough will take place. This thing will take place in our life. I just want to just commend Maisha today. Maisha got a, she called me, me and Sue early, uh, early this afternoon and said she just got a call from her kids that uh, there was a, um, a an active shooter in their school and the school was locked down. And so we began, We prayed on the phone, began to take authority over that whole thing. And so um, uh, the SWAT was there, the police was there, the helicopters were there, everything was locked down for blocks kind of thing. And, uh, and so they ended up finding out what the issue was and dealt with it kind of thing and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but here, here's my point is, You know, of course, as a parent, when you get a call like that, it it will shake you kind of thing. But mm, Maisha did not lose her mind. She maintained composure in the midst of a phone call like that. And we saw God intervene, come on, in a supernatural way. It could have turned out to be an absolute mm, diabolical thing. I'm just talking about something that happened today right here. I'm telling you this stuff works. Somebody ought to just give Jesus all the glory and honor for that. (laughs) Hallelujah. Number three, the quality of character, which does not allow a person to surrender. It's kind of similar to two, but it's a little bit different. That quality of character, the quality of character which does not allow a person to surrender to circumstances or succumb under a trial. The quality of a character, character that's been built by the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. The quality, not the quality of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the quality that's built over time into your character, which does not allow, has nothing to do, um, this, this this definition right has nothing to do, come on now, with, with God just supernaturally intervening and you having nothing to do with it. This definition is the quality that's been built into your character. It's part of who, the very essence of who you are, which does not allow you to surrender to circumstances or to succumb under a trial. Mm, come on now. Daniel was like that. The three Hebrew children were like that. A character. We refused to bow. We refused to surrender. We refused to come down under this kind of thing. The Apostle Paul says, listen now, man, we have got all kinds of things coming against us, and we've been knocked down, but we are not, not knocked down. Man, we were discouraged at one point, but we were, didn't fall into depression. We didn't give up. We got back up and we had the same spirit of faith that David had. And we released words of faith up and out of our mouth just like David did. And even though in this mortal body, come on now, it is naturally dying. But he says in the midst of all of that, he says the glory of God is escaping from us and bringing glory and honor to God because we refuse to give up. We refuse, no matter how hard it gets, man, we are not going to let go of that which God has called us to do. Number four. I'm gonna read a verse right out here, out of, to just, um, is James chapter one. James chapter one, verse what I'm gonna read it, Verse two and three, James. Chapter 1 says, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm writing to the 12 tribes that have been scattered. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into trials and temptations, knowing this, that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience, but let patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing in your life. Fourth uh, definition I'm going to take right from these these verses right here. James says, this is the half-brother of Jesus Christ, he says, count it all joy when you're going through these things, most people read this verse and they read it like this, be happy, no matter what's going on in your life, just be happy. Yeah, 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 yeah. If the guy down the street, his house is just burnt down. I double dog dare you to walk up to him and tell him just to be happy about that. I double dog dare you to walk into a funeral home after a man has just lost his wife and tell him, you know what, you just need to do what the Bible says and just be happy. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're not even going to make it out of that funeral home alive. I'm, I'm telling you right there. You, you're going to be killed before you even get to the to the front door, back to the front door. Because you know why? Because that kind of stuff doesn't work. It's not reality. And that's not what James is saying here. he's not saying when you go to the funeral home, just shout hallelujah, be happy kind of thing. And uh, what that is, is the spirit of stupid manifesting all over you come on now in mark chapter 4 jesus said that trials and tribulations come to steal the word that's the purpose of trials and tribulations to steal the word of god out of your heart because once he can get the word then he's got your faith once he can get the word Man, you're going to lose all composure. Once you can get the word, there's going to be no consistency whatsoever in your life whatsoever as it relates to trials and tribulations. It says here, James is writing here, when you come into these kind of circumstances, count it all joy knowing this. Yeah, you got you to gotta learn to read the Bible. Come on now. Most people just read about like counting all joy. No, no. He said, you got to know something. If you know what I'm about to tell you, oh, then there's going to be some joy that's going to explode up and out of you. But if you don't know what I'm about to tell you, uh, you're not going to have any joy. So when you come into trials and tribulations, he says, you can count it all joy if you know this. Knowing this joy comes from revelatory knowledge come on joy comes out of the presence of the holy spirit joy is the strength of god there's no strength if you don't have no joy and you're not going to have any joy unless you're abiding in his presence i don't know about you but there is no trial in my life that ever brought joy yeah, yeah, there's no trial. I, I, maybe, maybe you want to lie and say that it did, but the reality is there is no such thing as any real trial, any kind tri- <clears throat> of tribulation or testing that happened in your life uh, that is brought joy. And when you go around telling people that they just need to be happy and then they can't do what they, you told them to do, Now they're living under a spirit of condemnation. And now they've opened up themselves to a cycle in their life that's never going to stop. Mm. Come on now, everything is raging. Come on now, the opportunity to get upset is right there. But notice James says that trying or the testing is your faith. That's what's being tested. Faith gets tested not your patience. There is no such thing as the trying of your patience. Well, yeah, man, this is, man, this is really trying my patience. No. No such thing in the Bible. Yeah. Double dog dare you to actually read the Bible. Come on now. Faith is being tested. Why? Because mm. mm, it says here, because why? Because faith is what we walk by. Faith is what we live by. Faith is a spiritual muscle. Faith is what gives substance to the things you're hoping for. Faith is the shield that you hold up to quench all the darts of the enemy. You're walking by faith. You're saved by faith. You're delivered by faith. Come on, you're baptized by faith. You're delivered by faith. You're healed by faith. Come on now, you even have to eat by faith. Come on now and faith is what moves mountains in your lives. Faith is what guards your heart. It's what quenches all the fiery darts. Come on now, faith is carrying the load. We walk by faith, not by patience. Come on now, faith is what you walk by. Faith is the power. So when faith, comes under attack. Come on now, watch now, listen very carefully. When faith comes under attack, it says, it says right here, it worketh patience. The word, the Greek word for worketh me is literally translated, it energizes. Over here, We got Mr. Faith. Come on now. He's walking by faith. Come on now. He's quenching all the fiery darts of the enemy. Come on now. He's carrying the load. Come on. He's causing breakthroughs to take place. He's moving the mountains in your life. Faith is doing, Mr. Faith is doing all of the work right there. But then there are times in your life where Mr. Faith comes under spiritual diabolical attacks. And on top of all of that, demons now come to take your faith, to test your faith, to try your faith. And the, James says, when you know that God has automatically built into you a fail-safe system called Mr. Patience, who's doing nothing up until this point, He's sitting over here resting and does nothing because he's not carrying the load. He's not quenching the darts. He's not moving the mountains. Come on now. He doesn't do anything until Mr. Faith is attacked by a demon. Come on now. Comes under a attack. And when that happens, God says, you need to know this know this that i have built something into you that will automatically happen if you let it happen it said let patience the implication is that you can make a choice not to let this happen there's an automatically built-in safe mechanism that god built into your spirit that says this when your faith comes under attack mr patience we'll be energized he'll jump to his feet and here's the fourth de- definition of patience it means to stand under ah come on now come on now Alex come on over here Reed come on over here sir come on over here I want to illustrate come in here we're going to say that Alex come on now I'm going to say that Alex let me make I'm going to do this right now Alex is going to be Mr. Patience. I'm just going to do this because you, you, you're smaller. And, uh, and uh, you are Mr. Faith. So Mr. Faith, come on, is walking. Okay. Walking by faith, right? And then when he gets, comes under attack, come on now, bend down. Come on, comes under attack, right? Mr. Patience, no, no, no. Mr. Patience comes, is activated is energizes, and now, bend over, now jump on his back, there you go, stands under, that's the definition right there, stands under your faith, are you listening, are you seeing it right there, mister, uh, there it is right there, and will carry your faith until either the promise is manifested or the attack is over, oh my God, okay, thank you guys, thank you you get it you get it right there right there we walk by faith come on now we're walking we're living by faith come on now we're quenching the fire we're moving the mountains we're walking then the attack comes to test to try our faith it says james says when you know that i've given you an automatically built-in safe system and you let it happen mr patience will jump up he'll be energized He'll come up and stand up under your faith and carry your faith until you get to the other side of the trial. When you know that, you can count it all joy. Come on now. Then you can get excited right there. When you know what's going to take place. Come on now. When you know that's going to take place, now you can count. You go, oh my God. The devil is coming in with everything against me now. But man, I can rejoice because Mr. Patience is on his way. Come on now. He's on his way and he's going to lift me up. He's going to carry me. He's going to give me consistency. He's going to help me to maintain my composure. And he's going to carry me to the other side. So I can just go ahead and rejoice and be happy and be joyful in the Lord because God has my back. right there. <laughs> Hebrews 10:35, <10 35 coughs> excuse me. <laughs> Do not cast away your confidence, for after you have done the will of God, you will experience the fullness of the promise. <clears throat> Do not cast away your confidence, for you have need of patience. Guess what that word confidence is in the Greek language? It's patience. It's the same exact Greek word. Do not cast away your patience, because you need some patience. Come on now. Uh, don't cast it away. So the implication is, again, you had the choice. God's uncle, it's not going not. God's built it in, it'll automatically happen if you let it happen. But if you don't let it happen, it's not going to happen. So, that word confidence right there, that's why when the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 8, I have this confidence, I have this knowing nothing can shake me, that no matter what happens in my life, nothing will separate me from the love of God my Father. There it is right there confidence. Same word, patience. Hebrews eleven six, when it says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him, guess what? That word diligent is the same exact word, Greek word, for patience. So it could literally read like this. It says that God is a rewarder of those who patiently seek Him. <laughs> Again, yes, there are moments and times in our lives where <clears throat> waiting is involved because it just simply might not be the time for this to manifest in your life. And you can sit around and try to dissect that and, and, and never figure it out, Well, you can rest and be confident in the Lord. But I'm telling you right now, from my experience, after 37 years of pastoring, most of the time, the waiting thing was not God-ordained it was the person ordained in their life. And as I study scripture, I find out that the waiting thing, most of the time, especially when I look at the New Testament, I look at the life of Jesus. He didn't sit around waiting. He used his faith, stayed constant, maintained his composure, and allowed the power of patience to stand up under his faith and bring him to the other side. And he knew that would take place every single time. That's why he could rejoice. That's why the Apostle Paul says in the book of Philippians, like 13 times, be happy, rejoice. He's saying he's locked down in prison in a sewer, chained down, and he's talking about rejoicing all the time. Why? Because he understood, he knew something that most believers don't know. So, next time you hear somebody or when you read that scripture, come on now, <clears throat> please do not interpret that as that you, <clears throat> James is saying, you just need to be happy because God is just that way. And no, knowing the right things will bring joy to your life. Knowing the truth. <clears throat> One time when I was talking about this, I just entitled this message, Knowing the the truth about patience will set you free come on now living it not just hearing about it but experiencing it father we just come to you in the name of jesus here tonight i thank you lord god for your word i thank you that it's alive it's powerful it's life-changing i thank you lord god i thank you lord god I, i know lord God, Father, there are a number of people here tonight lord god father that have dreams lord god they have visions lord god they're here They've experienced trials and tribulations and all kinds of testings that have come their way, Lord God. But I thank you, Lord God, Father, that they're going to leave here knowing, knowing, Lord God, that Lord Father, that you have built into them this fail-safe system, Lord God, and all we got to do is let it happen, Lord God. Let <clears throat> patience be energized. Let the consistency let that power of soundness, the power of constant, the power to maintain composure, come and stand up under us and hold us strong and not waver and not give up on the dream or the vision or the promise, Lord God, that you've given to us, Lord God, Father. I know from all my own experience, Lord God, Father, Lord God, that you've come through, Lord God, Father. There have been, more, there have been times, Lord God, I, I, I have not been perfect at this, but I, I want—I've grown in it, Lord God. There have been moments where I did not maintain my composure, and I had to wait, Lord God, until I was able to maintain my composure, so that my faith could really work, Lord God, and really release words of confident faith to the circumstances, in the name of Jesus. So I'm asking, Father, now by the by way of the Holy Spirit, and by the way of Your Word, may there be a supernatural impartation. Lord God, Father, of faith, fresh faith, Lord God, Father, and a revelatory understanding of patience, Lord God, the power of patience, Lord God, and the power of faith, Lord God, the Holy Ghost power twins, Lord God, working together, Lord God, Father, in our lives and through our lives, that we might inherit the fullness of God's promise in our lives that we might see your goodness might see your glory and that you might receive all the honor for it in Jesus name thank you Lord God father thank you Lord father I just want to pray for Joelle here tonight she's new first time here father we pray for Joelle would just bless her I'd like to pray for the first-time visitors father we thank you Lord God father in the name of Jesus we thank you for our God your daughter that's come here right there right there I release just a fresh infusion I just felt a wave to come right over you Joelle right there yes, yeah, it's the power of the Holy Spirit Lord God just moving strongly over you now in the name of Jesus right there we thank you Lord God for a supernatural impartation of strength to her spirit strength to her soul in the name of Jesus right there and just release Lord God Father even the healing presence of Christ all over her soul here tonight now in the name of Jesus, right now, strength right there, strength in the name of Jesus, courage, boldness, Lord God, courage, be strong, Joel, and be very courageous. That's what I hear the Holy Spirit saying to you from Joshua chapter one. He's quickening those verses to me. He's saying, You tell my daughter to be strong to be courageous you're about to cross over into a brand new land that's what I hear the Lord saying that God says I'm bringing you out of something and I'm about to bring you into a brand new land of promises something that he's promised to you quite some time ago and it seems like you've just been kind of going through the wilderness but God says you get ready come on now let those old things pass Let those old things just die let those old things die Let him do even as God said to Joshua Joshua, what are you sitting around here for? Moses is dead for goodness sakes. Stop thinking about the past Stop thinking about those things that are dead and gone from your past Stop trying to resurrect things from your past. I hear the Holy Spirit saying to you, Joel, stand, go forth, be strong, be courageous. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, have not I already given it unto you, Joel? That is my promise to you. And no person shall be able to stand up against you, Joel. Uh, Just keep your mind, your words, your eyes on my promises do not look to the right or to the left. Keep them into the midst of your heart, saith the Lord. And you're going to go forth. And you're going to take the wisdom of my word. And you will make your way successful. And you will make your way prosperous. And you will but only be strong and be very courageous. Because I've already gone before you. And I'm going to make a way where there seems to be no way now. In Jesus' name. I'm not going to fail you, joel I'm not going to fail you. There's been an, I just hear the Holy Spirit saying there's been somebody in your life that has that has disappointed you And you put you were putting some confidence in them and and they said they were going to do something and it did not happen God said that that's all it's okay. That's okay. That's okay Because I'm going to I'm the one that's going before you uh, Not man me and I'm not going to let you down and I will not disappoint you So I thank you Lord God for joel and I thank you, Lord God, for every gift, every calling, every anointing. Lord God, and I bless everything you're doing in and through and for her tonight now. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh, you're welcome. Anybody else here for the first time? You? Okay. You look kind of new. What's your name? Amira. Amira. Father, we thank you for Amira tonight. We thank you. We bless her tonight. In the name of Jesus, we bless her now. Father, just release, Lord God, Father, just your anointing all over her, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, right there. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Release just an absolute fresh infusion in the name of Jesus, right there. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, Father. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. Ooh, we thank you, Jesus. Uh, for whatever reason, I hear the Holy Spirit want me to tell you. Uh, that he, he he knows exactly where you're at He knows exactly what you're going through and um, He's just he's got your number that phrase just keeps coming to me. I don't know what that means, but he's just got your number It may just simply mean that that he can he knows how to get a hold of you any any time well, No matter where you're at no matter what's happening God says I can get a hold of you and I will get a hold of you I hear him saying that the calling that's upon your life is without repentance. God says, once I put a call upon your life, young lady, he says, you're my daughter, I've called you, and I never take it back. No matter how many, t- no matter what has happened in the past, no matter what took place, I care though, because the, the enemy has tried to come and tell you that that, and that the call upon your life and and the gifting and even the talent that God has graced you with, and there's been some some real, some like there's been a there's been a series of setbacks that have taken place in your life, and uh, it would sing, and the, the voice of the enemy and the voice of these circumstances would scream out to you and say that you're on the right you're on the wrong track you're, you're in the wrong place, but I like hear the Holy Spirit want me to encourage you that you are on you know, moving in the right place you're moving at the right at the right time and you, and you are on the right track right there and the Lord really is ordering up your steps and He is. Mm -hmm. He is mm, gone on before you so you can be encouraged tonight You can be encouraged tonight in the name of jesus. You can be strengthened tonight Now in the name of jesus. We thank you lord god father. We thank you lord god And I thank you lord and I release just a brand new level of freedom all over you right now in the name of jesus In the name of jesus I release freedom all over your spirit and all over your soul in the name of jesus there's been a voice in your life in past time that has been real kind of controlling and just real manipulating and even intimidating you and, I, and, and it's kind of left kind of a residual effect on the inside of you. Uh, the Bible refers to that as a spirit of Jezebel and there have been many of us including myself that have dealt with that spirit over the, uh, in different areas at different times in our lifetime. But I hear the Holy Spirit saying that I'm going I'm to set you free now in the name of Jesus. So I release God's prophetic word and God's watering of his word all over you tonight now, daughter, in the name of Jesus. And I take authority and dominion over that diabolical spirit called Jezebel. That controlling, manipulating, intimidating spirit that has come through the voice of other people. Particularly one person. And the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to silence that voice. And more importantly, I'm going to give you a strength on the inside of you that's going to enable you to stand up to that voice and that voice is not going to have the power and dominion and authority in your life as it did at one time in the name of Jesus. So I say freedom is your portion tonight, now in Jesus name. I say be free. Be free now in Jesus name. Uh, I command that demon to go from harassing your mind, your soul and your spirit even your nervous system in the name of Jesus. I release the healing presence of Christ now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, right there. Thank you, Lord God. We bless you, we bless you, we bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Father. Thank you for every gift, every calling, every anointing. Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing that. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. that's right thank you thank you you're welcome father we thank you lord god for this young man thank you lord god that he is not here just hear the holy spirit want me to just encourage you you may know this but i just want i hear the lord want me to say it out loud that he literally has ordered your steps and you're not here in this place here tonight by accident it's not a coincidence it's just not something that you kind of organized or somebody just invited you you're here because of a divine appointment. I just hear the Lord want me to say that to you, that this is more than just an invitation. This is a divine appointment for you here tonight because you, you're, you're about to see the hand of God move in you and through you and for you in a way that you have never experienced before. I just want to hear the Holy Spirit say, you're about to see Him move in you and through you and for you in a way that you have never experienced i'm telling you right now just God's moving for you is going to be in a whole nother level in the name of jesus and you're stepping into a whole nother season of absolute increased favor now in the name of jesus so i just release that word all over you right now in jesus name in fact i see there are a couple of people that god is moving upon right now in the name and orchestrating some some kind of a some kind of um Event and what I mean by that is like some kind of well, you're going to come in contact with these people You're going to collide with these people and again, it's not going to be a coincidence It's going to be divine a divine appointment that god has set up for you. These are appointments that he has already Literally put into his appointment book for you. They are set <clears throat> Set times the bible refers to them as set moments and set times in history And I hear the Holy Spirit saying that these you're about to to collide with these things that God has already Preordained this to take place and that you're going to collide with that and it's going to cause your life to call upon your life What you're doing in the industry to go to a whole other level of favor and blessing and increase for the glory of God so I thank you, Lord God, Father, for the gifting, the calling, and the anointing, and the talent that resides on the inside of your son here tonight. We stir it up now by way of the prophetic word, and I bless everything that you're doing in and through and for him tonight now. In Jesus' name. Come on, everybody say amen. 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 Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Ooh, man, is God up to some good things here or what? Hallelujah. i tell you what, we're going to close in prayer. I want to thank you all for coming. Uh, Let me just... uh, Listen, we just got back from uh, (coughs) Wisconsin on Tuesday. Before that, we were in the state of Illinois. Before that, we were in the state of Arizona. And then we're going to be leaving this Tuesday for South Africa. So... I just really want you to pray for us. I want to thank everyone who supports us with your prayers, everyone who supports us financially and to help us do what God's called us to do. And, uh, but the, these trips are not easy. They're, they're challenging and all, on all different levels, especially, especially spiritually. But uh, we're going to be preaching and teaching and ministering at different churches and doing a huge conference there with thousands of people and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Sue is going to be going with me. This is our first time. She's going to be going to South Africa. This is my fifth time to South Africa. But uh, uh, we are just believing for just absolute supernatural just results. We've seen miracles take place. I've seen blind eyes opened when I'm in South Africa. Blind eyes. Let me tell you what. Uh, this... Uh, first time I was in that conference back in 2017 I think it was um, I prophesied that during the that God was going to there was a there was a drought happening in in Cape Town South Africa and uh, I heard the Holy Spirit when I got off the plane said I sent you here son to to speak a word to end this drought and so I got up and prophesied that there was going to be an ending to this drought not only that would be a sign that God was going to bring an end to even the spiritual drought that was taking place at that time and I said one of the signs that God's going to give is that it's going to rain inside the building now I was like I, when I was prophesying this this was before the conference started like about four days before the conference started I was prophesying like I was possessed by the Holy Spirit like a, almost like I'm out of body kind of thing you know kind of thing and I got done sat down on my seat and I was looking for the door to run out because I was like, I couldn't believe those words came out of my mouth. Who prophesies it's going to rain inside the building? That kind of thing, right? I mean, that is just nuts, right? And even the, 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 the head guy, that because it was his birthday that night, and I was actually had my hand on him. I was prophesying over him, and that came out of my mouth. And he even admitted later that, uh, that he said that Dan had, had gone too far. And that he like, oh man, he's like falling over the edge there, right there. That's crazy stuff, right there, right? So four days later, we're in the conference there. We're praising, and again, I came up on the platform, and began to pray. For the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden, you heard thunder, lightning, and it had like a roof where, when it rained, you could hear the rain. So it started raining really hard, and everybody could hear it. And it hadn't rained in months there. So now it's an outpouring of the rain, and the conference is called Open Heaven Conference. So the heavens are not only opening up spiritually, but they're literally opening up physically, and rain is coming into the building. Right there. All of a sudden, I'm praying right there, right there in the front row, right in the front row, rain started coming down just like this. Boom. And then about 12 inches from it, rain came down like this. 12 inches, rain was coming down. It wasn't raining in, all over the building, just in the front row over the pastors. Every 12 inches, there was a, literally just, just it looked like about that thick, it's coming straight down, just like this. And I'm looking at it <laughs> and the, the, the head guy kind of thing, he's like looking at his eyes are bugged out. And uh, he's like, oh my God, it's actually happening. And I'm uh, in mean, just like across the entire building in a literally a straight line, exactly 12 inches apart. And somebody got up and asked if there was holes in the building. And there wasn't. And here's the thing is, after about 10 minutes, because I actually went down and stood under the rain. I'm like, man, this is like some supernatural stuff here. I'm gonna. I don't care if my hair gets messed up. Uh, I don't care if how many people are here. I'm gonna stand under this rain, and all the other pastors came and stood under the rain, and then all of a sudden, after 10 minutes, it stopped just like that. But you could hear the rain hitting the roof really hard. So if it was just like perfect holes in the building that were 12 inches apart. When it stopped raining inside, it should have stopped raining outside first, right? But it didn't. It was a supernatural, miraculous thing. So I'm telling you right now, God is the God of the miraculous.